you're listening to Bone Down. Your name's Obi. You're Lando. How are you, my filthy, uncircumcised friend? <laughs> All right, no, I'm just going to tell you this before you even answer that. Here's the deal. Here, no, here's what's up. Here's what's up. You're, we know this. You're my filthy, uncircumcised friend, and, and this is what we do. But for those of you who don't know, Obi, your life is miserable, and mine's even worse. All right? <laughs> like, what, what, what do you do when, what do we do when we're not uh, here in our, our Manhattan studios? Like, you, you I, I'll tell you, for 50 hours a week, you, sh- what, you shuffle insurance forms under some heat lamp and it's a dreary existence and it's going to stay that way meanwhile what i do is even worse i i shuffle through uh tax law and solve hypothetical problems that don't even (laughs) exist this is boring and it sucks and that's and we we get through it rarely is there a change from that horrible cycle rarely are there beacons of light that come out of nowhere and we're like, no, you can do what you want. You can follow your own creativity, not just have it exist in your head, but actually do it. (laughs) And we're here with one of them, our guest, Mr. Dirty White. How are you? I'm very entertained. Can we we talk about... Everyone who listens to us uh, knows about Dirty White. Dirty White is... A musician, artist, overall, uh, just creative entity. I'll say that. Um, let's get best, a little. Uh, a well, time. a creative entity. I would say. I dig that concept. Well, we're gonna listen to um, a little bit of what you, you do. Know what I mean? It doesn't. It's non-definitive. Like that's. Right, right. Isn't that the goal? You know what I mean? Like in every Our goal is, here right? is to get a definition of, of, of what Dirty White is. Um, <laughs> and we'll get an idea. How much time you got? Here we go. Mr. White does this. When Dirty White isn't doing that, uh, the this creative entity also does this. Oh, and when he's not doing that, he goes back to doing this. Yeah, so a creative en- entity, um, a fiery furnace of ambition. That was There's just a, a bad lot. hair day. You got to excuse that one. <laughs> well, he, when he, but you have your favorite hat, so it all works out. Even on bad hair days, Dirty White has his favorite hat. He's got a, he came to the studio with his own merch for that matter. So forget it. You got all angles covered. So in like 40 seconds or so, we went from, uh, and one of those was actually the same tracks, a straightforward almost, um, what would you describe the uh, first track? Nothing. It's, I know it's a new release. Um, if, you, if you had to categorize it a very um, uh, to-the-point hip-hop song, um what else to be honest with you i don't know if this genre exists or not but i'd say just by definition that song nothing is probably like something like doom trap okay 
Doom trap. Because like it's very heavy, it's very bass filled, it's very riffy, like there's electric guitars and stuff in the background. Um yeah. Okay, so and boom. They fecal, you know, feature some some vocal singing, but then also or some melodic singing is what I'm saying, and then but also some harsh vocals layered at the end, you know what I mean? Uh harsh is one way to put it. I'd say um an untethered beast came out of the studio and got on the mic. That's another way of putting it. I don't know. Um and then and what happened next? About uh ten seconds later, uh a different direction like i and i mean this in a very positive way might as well be a a boy band song with pop sensibility like pulling at like that kind of like i love you girl love song and yeah. very well done at that very 20, well done 2010 ed sheeran basically you know there it <laughs> is all right and then what happened uh 10 seconds after that that's you're all over the the artistic map um so that's what I mean, like creative entity. You're a fiery furnace of ambition. I don't get you. Who like <laughs> you 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 cover a lot of ground, seemingly do it with ease. And I kind of we were talking about this, and we don't do much like pre-interview stuff. I think that's kind of defeats the purpose. But uh, the other day we we're on the phone, just kind of uh, rapping back and forth about like the nuts and bolts of this interview, and I felt like. For the first ten minutes, it, it kind of wasn't getting anywhere. I I wasn't getting what I was trying to ask, and then you're you said something, and you're like, "Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't do this easily, and I don't just like crank out a pop song at will. Like I've been doing this for a long time, and I, man, I was a kid in like the church choir, and I was like, holy shit, now we're talking <laughs> church choir. Like n like this is getting somewhere. That's when I was like, all right, this is sort of that nugget of information I can kind of draw out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, w yeah. w dude, I, I can't tell if you're from Mars or like from somewhere <laughs> else. Like w what's going on? Uh, stupid stuff, stock questions. Like what's your background? What's your musical inspiration? Like how did Dirty become Dirty? stock question i know that was yeah, a bad no, question that's, no that's a good it's a good question i think it's just um i think it's really easy for me to absorb and adapt like that's something that comes pretty well to me in general just as a person and so musically like i grew up in church you know singing hymns singing gospel uh you know being in choirs like i sang in a fucking four four-man barbershop quartet in high school for christ's sakes you know what i mean like you have no idea what i look like with no dreads and a suit going low down the chariot and let me ride you know what i'm saying like what? you have no awesome. idea so for it's those like of you don't know like awesome. we do i did not know that oh, yeah. we here at the bone down studios we have a good well, um, research and it. development uh department but we didn't even get <laughs> you got r&d in the, the back room yeah you we got here you can hear some of the influences when you sing as opposed to when you rap yeah like, this guy knows what he's doing he's got control over his voice it's not well you do realize like we live in the south you know what i oh, mean yeah. so inevitably like there's a lot of soul and gospel there's a lot of soul in southern music in general and i feel like you know growing up as sheltered as, as sheltered as i was like the only thing that i really had access to was a church music and b you know like johnny cash and like john denver right you know what i mean like stuff like that that was really really subdued there were even some of those people's songs that i was not allowed to listen to per se you know what i mean like my mother would make me mix cds of music that i was allowed to listen to you know what i mean and sheltered stuff. how like, like it was, uh, walk, walk me through that like you all right so you're 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 to get to your ears music's got to go through 
a mother's filter. Not totally uncommon, but you're saying like your kind of scope of things was limited for a long time, right? Well, yeah. Well, I, well, first thing, I mean, obviously for years, I never even had anything to listen to music on because I got to understand like this is, we're throwing back to like, you know what I mean? Me being a kid, you know, transitioning into a man. I don't you know, know what, I mean? what we're shit, throwing like, back. I don't know what you mean. As far as I know, you're from a spaceship that I, transcends all time <laughs> and space. So I well, don't know. Well, obviously, you know, life is huge and there's a thousand things, to th- you know, to talk about. But like, as far as applies to the music, I best what I, you know, I, I I best describe it as like a combination, like a coagulation of a ton of different factors. You know what I mean? So you've got the gospel, him singing, you know, roots. But then immediately at probably 12 or 13, I heard my first hip hop of all time and immediately fell in love with bars and rhymes. And, you know, I was already writing poetry, but no one would tell me, you know, since I was sheltered, no one would go, hey, there's a whole genre of music where you can just write poetry and say it to the beat. And that's. I want to talk and about. I was like, "Oh shit!" As soon as I found out that, then I started to write all these terrible, poorly placed, badly, <laughs> badly worded rhymes for years. You know what I mean? But it was, but it was enough to, you know what I mean? It was enough to practice with and have fun with. So like, I didn't know, like, I had no idea how to get in a studio or have access to a studio or anything like that. So I mean, I developed my own musical taste, you know, long before. Obviously, you know, I got in an actual studio at the age of seventeen. It was the first time I ever hit, you know, the actual studio. Uh, you know, didn't know much. A lot of rough stuff, a lot of you know poorly phrased stuff, like a, a lot of stuff that it wasn't ever put anywhere. A ton of practice, you know what I mean? You gotta you gotta crawl before you ball with anything. And being an accomplished singer, though, I had always like directly associated that with that religious soft side of me, and it was very important, I guess, in my emotional vulnerability at the time. You know how we all go through life and develop coping mechanisms, you know, mechanisms and whatever. It was really important yeah, for me. Yeah, that's why invented bone down. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. why I do music. You know? So it's it's the same it's the same concept. But like when I was that young, you know what I mean? Like it was so important to me to like distance myself from religion and all the things that I came from because I was an angry young man and I just wanted to get away from everything. You know, I said fuck all this. I'm gonna go be a rapper. So I did you. I did music long a long time. Like in the studio, actively recording songs and trying to promote myself. Half you know, half assed. You know, with no paid promoters or nothing, just me walking around, pretty much like I, you know, still do now to an extent. But I was, you know, I put out a good three years worth of music before I ever did a show in Wilmington. Ever had a single eye on me in Wilmington? Ever had a fan, you know, other than people that were in my circle or knew somebody in my circle? You know, all this good stuff. And I just straight rapped. It was all bars. That's all I cared about was rap, 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 just as hard and as beastly as I could go. And then. But I was still doing live performances from time to time because I like all aspects of music, and that never changed. It was just the fact that I'm not going to go in the booth and go, yay. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? That's just not me. I want to spit some Slim Shady shit. I want to tell you how big my dick is. You know what I'm sure. saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just like, so when it finally like started appearing or like conceptualizing to people around me that weren't in my circle and knew I already sing, you know, I knew I already sung essentially, you know, that was old news to them that I sang because I was still going to, believe it or not, still popping up at church once in a while and do a special music when they asked me because I like to play that big ass beautiful grand piano that's in there. And, you know, whether it's Christian music or not, I'm going to hit the hell out of that note. And I love to perform. I love the, you know what I mean? I love everything about it. So the fact that it was Christian music, you know, inevitably was not enough to dissuade me. So I've gone back and done, you know, done a couple of different, you know, songs for the church and whatnot. But the point is I would never sing on a record. Fuck no, I'll go get a singer before I'll sing on a record. I sing like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. my fucking, that my boy Breeze, my, my manager Coley, well, it was just, it's that mental thing. I fuck church, fuck all that shit. Right. Yeah. Was the way I felt and the way I still feel to an extent, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. even if it took a while to embrace, I guess, the less masculine 
side of me not even less masculine really but it was just it took a while to embrace that singing aspect as something that was legitimately praiseworthy it's right, it's less right. eminem talking about the size of your yeah dick. people would tell me they like my singing but that didn't mean shit to me it only yeah, meant yeah. the only right, thing that right. meant something to me was damn your bars are tight bro you got to flow like a motherfucker yeah, yeah that would fucking i'm lit off that you know what i mean but somebody yeah. comes up and goes dude jesus loves me sounded incredible today I, now this is uh, you can, <laughs> listeners so can't what? see this, but his hands are up to the sky like the uh, praising the Lord. Only he's not; he's shaking uh, his head back and forth and confusing me. Like what? What the fuck? That's not what I'm trying to do. But this, no, this raises like an interesting kind of um, question. Almost like I wonder if it's a dilemma for you, to where on one end this is like uh, a church background for lack of a better description choir boy skill set and then kind of um just to summarize like the history here turning away from it and being like i'm only gonna rock bars whatever and sort of maybe now uh melding the two i'm i'm wondering like is it fair to say that no matter what at this point it's inevitable like you can't take church out of it like i feel like there's maybe a little bit of church and like you sprinkle in do you sprinkle in church well, and I don't even necessarily mean like like content of lyrics or anything like that, but like, is there something from that early experience where it's like that's never going away? It's just I'm putting church where into like, it. Life is kind of just like a like a, a pebble jar, for lack of a better metaphor. Like you just kind of get rounded a little bit and softer around the edges to where you can accept more things. And that was really all it was. It's just like one day something snapped in me. And I honestly, I would say this: if I had to like define it down to one particular moment that made me decide to want to sing publicly on record, like on on tracks and stuff, yeah, was when I stopped mixing my own vocals and I sent my vocals to a guy who charges me a hundred dollars a session to mix it. And I was mixing it for free. And like, why does my voice sound good? I sound great in person. I sing to somebody to their face and they love it. I go in here and sing on this mic and I come out and it sounds like garbage. Like, what is going on? On a like, side note, mm -hmm. um, can do you know how we met? And I'd like to kind of, I think it's a good story for just like the listeners or whatever. Do you remember? Don't do me like this. No, 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 no. I, it's, I'm not even putting you on the spot because it would be weird if you did remember. It was years ago. Here's what's up. It was years ago. And this is actually about like your singing and like your, your, your downtown or at a show or something. It was a show at the juggling gypsy kind of around oh, here right it was this damn, little thing uh, that was my first my first ever live performance in wilmington was there we were there for it that and was the very first you time? met obi and like i was kind of uh, sidekicking but it was really obi who like spearheaded the communication between you two and uh, Fuck yeah. i'll remind you of what happened he called you out basically because uh, obi's like i don't remember a music either. tech <laughs> type dude like he uh is educated in it he's a, he knows his way of sound around a soundboard like his right. own dick yeah. um he was like no like kind of tried calling you out right he <laughs> <laughs> kind of tried calling you out and be like all right uh like you're lip syncing half of that and that's not like you, you've got nine tracks and you're they're all overdubbed or whatever and kind of called you out and then you you know had some pretty immediate backbone and you're like no fuck that i do all this and because point being, it sounded so good to us, we assumed it was fake. That's my point. And that was your first live performance. I specifically remember that. We actually tried calling you out on like basically not even implying, like calling you out, saying like this ain't real. Like I'm how trying to remember the track it happened so that I can get some. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the, the track. Mix would have sounded. One like. of the tracks was, and you kind of like did Mr. the storytelling. I want to say, as a matter of fact, it was one where you're saying. 
and I could like relate to it. And there was a bit of like a sad bastard in the crowd. Like, I know that I know how you feel. You're talking about how you like maybe fell in love with this chick at her wedding. It was a song about that. Um, um, it was a good song. My, I think it's my future. Baby girl, you're looking like my future. That's the one. I heard it once, (laughs) two and a half years ago, and I'm remembering it now. So, like, you know, it it, it hits somewhere in the brain, and we had a conversation about it, more specifically, you and Obi did. And it was because we thought that performance sounds so clean, it's got to be fake. And it it wasn't. And I think that, like, you took it as an insult. I would have had, like, ad libs, you know what I mean? Maybe some backup. It wasn't that, though. That's not what we were suggesting. I've never performed with a main vocal. I remember remember sitting down after that and being like, I was totally wrong Mm -hmm. that he does sound that good. And I remember talking to Haley Coleman about it, and she was like, yeah, he's super talented, just anything. And I'm like, man, I thought he had a backtrack, but it was his actual voice. And I would stand corrected. And when oh. when you tried to mention about your backtrack, you did you did not like that. I specifically yeah, remembered you took yeah, that I mean, as an immediate insult. It's kind of an yeah. insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I no, and it speaks and, and it speaks for you like know I mean? you know. It, I've seen hundred fifty thousand rappers come perform over their song as it plays on iTunes. Yeah, right, right. And they get the mic and they mutter some of it. Not even maybe not all. That's right. That's what I was used to. That's another thing that people don't recognize a lot. Not only that, I'm glad that you called that out, but there's another thing that I find is important about just that live performance process. Yeah. One thing that bothers me about punch-ins a lot of times, you know, piece it in like a ton of rappers do it, and it's really successful. I mean, I'm not hating on the method, but I have always written bars or verses or anything that you're doing. It's one thing to have backups, but I always want that main vocal to be able to be done from start to finish. Not even necessarily right. saying you have to record the courses with the verse, because for quality's sake, that's obviously most of the time a dumb idea. You want to do as many mm-hmm. takes as you can until you get the most perfect version of whatever it is that you're after, right. you know, to complete the track. But I think a ton of rappers, I find them, especially these days, you know, their words overlap. And so to me, that just sets you up for failure. When you go on stage, you're already going to be breathless. I'm already telling you. We're talking about like before the show even started. We were, you know, talking about exercise, running, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't do it anymore because I'm slacking and I'm lazy. And I, need, <laughs> I need to start it up. But there was a time where I used to run and rap my bars at the same time. So That's I was smart. Really actively doing shows up and down. It's like some Rocky type shit. That's like actually I'd smart. I'd be on the fucking sidewalk running, trying to rap my bars because if you're active on stage, unless you're planning on being an introvert on the stage. Mm-hmm. You got to fight the Russian. You're yeah, going to be uh, dancing and jumping, and your fucking heart rate's going to be pounding. You're going to be out of breath, and you were, you know, you were dogging yourself trying to rewrap the shit that you wrapped in the studio because it was punched in and it overlapped each other. You have no room for breath. You now it's required. You have to have a hype man because somebody's got to finish ah, some of these bars for you. Right. You can't go on stage solo. Well, I've never performed with a hype man. Not once in my life have I ever gotten on a stage with somebody intentionally there to hype me up. Might have been a duo performance. I'm like, have my homeboy come on for the rest of the set. Might as well, you know, we're up here anyway, stuff like that. Right. But like, I've never had a hype man. Like, it's so important to me that you could stop the beat right now, mm-hmm. and I will be able to continue the rest of the song for you, listeners, accurately. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and I, there's something to be said about also that continuity and not chopping things up. You can tell when somebody's really into something and they're starting. They're you know, halfway through, I'm sure you do this, but you have to kind of control your breath more if you're going on a long verse or something like that. And um, you can tell, and it builds a kind of emotion in the song. And they used to do, 
uh, I think it was Motown Records used to always push the Temptations to sing just one octave higher than their actual range so you could hear them struggling to hit that note and it gives a whole other emotional vibe to the song and I feel like if you are having to have that voice control and you are you're pushing yourself basically you can feel that as a listener and it brings so much more to the song itself as is you know you can tell when somebody's got a modular song they've got the verse and then they stop and then they got the chorus and then they stop you know and uh it takes something away from the from the rawness of the recording i think in my opinion but um, listeners I, i i hope that that explanation uh explains why Mr. White two over two years ago treated that relelatively mild call out as an absolute insult Be, like because that's that's his work ethic I'm like sure that's I said what's some up smart ass shit right afterwards I, I don't know what I'm, I'm you saying, did but I'm, I'm sorry you I did smart ass shit <laughs> and you had we, just we, cause you didn't even tell me you were gonna you were gonna say this I didn't know I forgot all about that and I feel terrible I'm sorry I'm <laughs> all right, but all right no, you, no. You, you you mentioned work ethic and you talk about like actually trying to work out bars while running which is ridiculous but like you know we made that analogy one thing you are not is is lazy and anyone who knows anything about you and follows you it, it sees that you like there's something weird about you like almost like a, 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 a fiery furnace of ambition. You, how often way. do you put out a in video? A how often do you put out a video? Every week? There was a period of time where I was actually dropping a song every two weeks. Every two weeks. If anyone's ever recorded year. anything or done anything with like an art of artistic pursuit, cranking out something that's fresh material that at that rate is insane. Um, you're... Uh, like everyone else, a working person. You're in the studio, you perform live, uh, playing piano, playing guitar, writing bars, whatever. Like, I, I don't think you sleep. I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm wondering at what level to have that kind of work ethic, you can't do it without just like love and passion. That's a given. You also can't do it, regardless of how much you love a thing, it, it ain't going to get you bursting out of bed every day. At a certain point, you got to have just like a work ethic that other people don't. Uh, Kevin Hart, the comedian, he talks about it all the mm-hmm. time. Like really a reason for his success is that other people are funny or whatever and have, you know, are maybe better than him. But he he does work, period. If you had a, like a maybe this is a silly question, but if you had a ratio of like how much of your stuff is just coming out of you're going to do it no matter what because you love it versus shit, whether I'm feeling under the weather today or not. I'm getting this done because I do work like 80, 20, 50, 50. I know it's a silly question, but I think you know what I'm getting at. No, no, I do. That's a really good question. Um, Because the amount of work product you have doesn't make sense. I'm hoping to kind of make sense out of it. If you can like just a general formula. Being lazy is all relative too. That's another important thing to say. Even before I answer that question, Mm -hmm. it's just like, you could compare me to someone who does literally nothing but sit on their couch and look at Facebook, and it makes me seem really ambitious and really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really energetic and really work-possessed, you know? But then you can compare me to somebody who, like, you know, someone, obviously, that you would want to name that's you know, more energetic and dedicated than I am, you know what I mean? Obviously, there's always going to be somebody that's faster than you and stronger than you and more dedicated than you. And to me, honestly, this is just something that's personal. I've just been going through some 
like life shit for the past like couple months or so moving and just trying to get my shit together in general and like i'm slacking now compared to what i remember from myself you know oh what I mean? like, boy I used to do, life shit i used to do like a pod two or three podcasts a week me and Bree spent like almost a year being we were in atlanta every fucking month bro you know what i mean like there was like we were on podcasts and interviews and fucking paying for radio slots and paying for you know what i mean like there was there's been times where like I only would work one. I only had time to work one job, a full time job. I'm sure you know what I mean. But like, I worked work one job, and every available minute that I had, other than that, was music. Now I work two jobs, and I'm blessed enough to live like three minutes away from the studio. So now I can actually come down. This is why yeah. things have started to fire back up because now I can actually get done with my job, and I'm like three minutes away from the studio versus it was like almost thirty minutes away in Delco when I was like that. That album right there, um, "Call Me When You Get This," mm-hmm. was all. Um, produced in delco like almost 30 minutes away so like i ride a motorcycle you know how many countless nights i've ridden out to the studio pouring down rain you know what i mean get there throw my clothes in the dryer and be sitting there in my boxers in the studio making a beat you know what i'm saying are you a are you a dude from a scene from a movie like you're an artist at work driving a motorcycle at night in the rain Cue the soundtrack for like every kick-ass <laughs> '80s movie ever. Holy you shit! You but do, you're man. an actual real person. Like, do you well, understand? Saying, like, like, I remember a, those days. I remember crazy. those days, and now, like, and now I'm in these. And that was, you know, back. That was back when, like, I was viciously formulating. You know what I mean? And it kind of honestly, formulating. honestly, kind of wraps back around the question that you asked earlier about like musical influences and styles and stuff. The only reason that now I feel comfortable singing on tracks was because the first time i ever sang and sent it to an engineer that could mix it fucking correctly had the right yeah equipment yeah, yeah. And the, the mm-hmm. right actual hardware versus a slew of plugins which are electronic and they right. don't you know what i'm talking yeah, about this, my same. man's got the ssl board you know what i mean you he's got the stack like you can't touch solid it solid state logic so, you can't beat that circuitry like there's no other sound like it plugins try but they can't i mean some of them do pretty well i've had some clean mixes from some plugins but they're getting you're not gonna feel the warmth you're not gonna sit you know motherfuckers really singing in your ear right now you know what i'm saying like he's really there with you man it's something different but point being is um one of the first people to ever mix my music my singing voice correctly was little ed and he still mixes the majority of my releases to this day shout out to little ed Um, little ed audio on instagram the real little ed on twitter but he i mean this dude is mixed for famous decks like this dude mixes for like artists that you know we've all heard of and yeah. i don't know how in god's name i found him but i just went on twitter and just tweeted like hey you know where's the engineers at of course fifty thousand responses but the <laughs> only reason that i clicked on his name was because i went and listened to some of the stuff he had you know posted up on his page and it sounded damn good mm-hmm. um so i sent him some shit of mine some singing shit and um he made that shit sound amazing uh, and I really, really liked it. There was another dude, um, St. Nick, St. Nikolai. I don't know if you were if you were in the hip-hop scene back when you first started seeing me. Yeah. Me and Breeze and St. Nikolai used okay. to do shows together, too. I don't know if you ever heard of St. Nikolai, but he's got some Shout music out to on Nikolai. Platform. Yeah, platforms. Nick is dope. Um, and he actually mixed My Future. And that was the, you know, one of the there very first songs that I felt comfortable. Like, this is a good singing song. Like, I actually sound good on this track. Like, right. I'm satisfied with the vocals. The first time that it ever happened to me. Actually, reality, I named him backwards. I found a little Ed later. Nick was actually the very first person. My Future. And then there was a song called Magic School Bus that me and Breeze and Nick were all on. And those two songs sounded great vocally for me. And I was really, really excited. I was like, I've never, like, I've never heard my voice sound like this. What have you done? You know what I mean? Right. And so when that snapped, basically it just led to this point where I'm at a, a pretty comfortable creative stage where I'm only satisfied with what I'm working on if it sounds weird. And I almost don't like it. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? So the hmm. experimentation has to be 
on full throttle all the time. You know what I mean? And so right. that's where you get sounds like, you know, Love Me, Show Me. Yeah. It was me like trying to make a filthy, just drippy, soft pop song with guitars. And I think he did it well. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. then yeah. nothing was like, I've got this beat that's all edgy and full of guitar and it's just ruthless. You know what I mean? Some yeah. of those drops and the hammers, like if you put that shit on a fucking system, bro, it'll beat your back seat out on God. <laughs> and and like, I was like, God, what am I going to do with that? I actually sat on that beat for close to a year because I was terrified of it. Really? I didn't want to fuck it up. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. You right. know what I mean? Like. Right. But, uh, you know, so it led to some screaming because I listen to a lot of metal. And, of course, that's another story for another day. But, like, so inevitably you draw inspiration from different places. I didn't want to scream the whole song. I didn't feel like it was necessary. But, like, towards the end, I just wanted it to go so hard there, that last part. Because I dropped the drums out. I don't know if you noticed. But, like, up to the point where I start screaming, the drums are gone. Right. So I no, I know. You can give hear me that fucking so intensity. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no more beat, face. no more track. Yep. Just fucking guitar and scream. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's just fun. Like, I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm learning to cherish the fact that I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. There you go. So, inevitably leads to exploration and kind of experimentation. And, like, damn, I don't know if I really like this, but I listened to it for three days. And, you know what I'm saying? God damn, this shit is fire. What, what have I done? <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's, uh, you mentioned, um, Life stuff, life changes. Now what's next? What are you doing? You you, you came in here with it. By the way, uh, Mr. White came to the studios with a bag of merch. Um, he's got out, CDs, man. T-shirts, all that stuff. And uh, so you've got uh, two quite literally in the bag. And I know there's more than that. And I'm talking about like records. What's going on now? Like what are you doing tomorrow? So as of now, uh, I just want to focus for the next, you know, little while at least i'm not sure you know because it's, it's kind of unstructured i'm not gonna lie like my releases i just release everything that's as good as i you know saying as it should be to give to people you know i definitely don't want to release something that because you know for every good track obviously you got two or three that you're like these are these are decent but you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is not something because i mean once again shout out to lawyer and all the engineers but a shitty song is always gonna be a shitty song and i've written <laughs> i've written quite a few of them you know what i'm saying and not dropped them and they're just in the archives because i know i'll never drop this because it wasn't what i wanted it to be you know what yeah, I mean? right, I, right. I did what i wanted to do and it wasn't what i thought in my head because sometimes that's inevitable as a creative you you think of something in a certain way and unless you like tailor every specific detail to make sure that it you know ends up that way sometimes they veer left or right you know and inevitably you end up with projects that you can't drop but all that rambling was just basically to say for the next you know perceivable period um i've been linked up with some very talented videographer very talented videographers and um i've already proven that i can drop discography and I drop yeah. a video every yeah. once in a blue moon, you know, as far as like an official video, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the life shit that you're talking about is like getting a better job, kind of j- advancing in life, being able to designate more money towards creativity because, you know, to pay professional videographers to do what they do. Yeah. Something that, once again, the same way that I hand off my sessions to somebody else. I'm humble enough to do that. I don't have to mix this to know it's dope. I'm already right. producing the shit, writing the shit, composing the shit, singing the shit, rapping the shit, recording myself, making the beat, you know what I'm saying? Like doing all the different pieces of it. I'm fine handing it off to an engineer. You know what I mean? Yeah, mix these fucking vocals. Make me sound like a goddamn star. You know right, what I mean? right, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. So, like, so I do a similar thing. So when you thing. play it live, we're going to assume it's fake. Well, it's, <laughs> it's going to be real. Whether it's good or not, it's going to be real. Oh, we, know, we learned that lesson the hard way two and a half years ago when we uh, attempted to call you out. Well, so, uh, for, for an engineer, that's the dream, you know? it's Like you said, it's hard to polish a turd. And if you're coming out with smooth vocals that I think are – already polished you know it's hard for me to believe you know i've i've um i used to run live sound at this place i did a lot of hip-hop and it was all backing tracks lip sync maybe what they would add the ad libs in or whatever but 
I just, I didn't want to believe it. It was hard for me to believe that you could sound that good live. And I, I, I kind of hate myself for it now. I, I'm, I feel uh-huh. bad. You I shouldn't really hate did. yourself. I mean, the point <laughs> being is like the fact that you're willing to say something about it though shows that, you know, you had a similar dedication to the right. cause that I did. That's why I took it as an insult. Like, how could you? We're right. on the same team. I thought here. that was great. I, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to rap over my own song either. You I know what I'm saying? That like, story. I, I love I that that happened. I think that's great. No, that's and it's hilarious that you brought it up because I had completely forgotten about. By it. By the way, let me clarify the story about the wedding. Okay. Because you said something about falling <laughs> yes, in love with a girl with yeah, a wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's accurate. I was not only. I was never in love with girl. First of all, okay. I just want to fuck her. <laughs> and then, um, second of all, I actually sang at her wedding. <laughs> but nothing significant like emotionally happened at the wedding. Like I sang at the wedding and. uh Ironically, it was my last wedding that I ever sang at because that marked the fifth wedding in a row that had ended in divorce that I had sang at. And so I started giving disclaimers when people would ask me to sing at weddings. I was like, you know, you're going to get divorced. the best disclaimer that you want to bring well, up I just at to, the wedding Well, I itself. wanted to be honest with them. I you know what I mean? I understand the like, dilemma. I understand the You don't the want to be standing here with the woman of your dreams and you know this little <laughs> oh, scraggly fucker over here. Oh, by the way, I'm over five Who in this, hired this guy? Gentlemen. Right. We're getting divorced next year because this fucking crackhead's <laughs> over here. My record here is Get shit. Get this guy out of here, man. <laughs> I'm going to stay married to this lady. She's hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I want to uh, take a quick uh, break for our sponsors, Vitamin Water, Plastic Jug Vodka, and I think, uh, Mr. White, you have a line about this for break time, our third sponsor, uh, Kit Kat Candy Bars. What's, what's your right. line? Break it you off. You like take a- your breaks like a Kit Kat dude. There you have it. You could sip that booze. We'll be right back for uh, rapid fire questions. What the fuck are you doing tonight? Are you taking your old lady downtown in Wilmington right by the riverfront? Well, if you're going to do that, get some fucking ice cream. You better go down to Goodies and 1813 motherfucking Front Street. We got flavors that your mother warned you about. We got the Chocolate Express with rainbow sprinkles. You wanna talk to Brenda, she'll make you a fucking banana split. Get yourself some ice cream or else you're a pussy. Here at Goody's Ice Cream Shop, we're family friendly. So come on down to 1813 West Front Street. We've got good fucking ice cream. And we're back. All right, so, um, Mr. Dirty White, I, I, you are clearly um, an intelligent dude. I am a dummy myself, and I can't you assess the situations the like a sophisticated <laughs> person. But that enough, I know you ain't no dummy. In fact, like you're uh, you're more intelligent than most. Like, and there's certain moves that you're making in like. Uh, I guess almost your non-artistic aspect of, of your work, you know, meaning uh, video shoots, uh, mass communication, uh, social networking, the nuts and bolts of, of uh, cameras, um, you know, those sort of ins and outs where you're, you're talking basically movie sets are sort of on, on your plate coming up. There's a lot going do, on. Yeah. My question is this, with all that, uh, a, a new artist with your sort of, ridiculous level of ambition so it's very few who this applies to but those doing it can you be halfway dumb and still do this it seems too hard for an unintelligent person to even navigate that's a lot of shit that you Uh, do constantly what do you you know what i'm saying honestly i would say probably 
you probably can be dumb and make it um, simply because of the fact that in any given role, you know, if you're going to sell yourself or sell a product or something that you're producing to the public for a profit, you know, hopefully, um, you know, they're just different roles that have to be filled. You know what I mean? And so, like, as a grand overview, you know what I mean? It's pretty much like if you're stupid, you can be you can be stupid. You can All be right. as stupid as you want to be, but you just have to be smart enough to know, well, since I don't mix very well, I'm going to give my stems to this guy. Which is not... Since I don't shoot good videos that takes, by that's myself... That's an intelligent move. I'm going to let this guy do it. You know I what feel I mean? like those are two examples sort of probably different types of intelligence. the angle you want to take. There's some I'd people that would rather just do every single one of those individual pieces themselves, you know what I mean? Because it saves them money or whatever. Which you also kind of do in, in a lot of ways, like... Whether I just want to like contribute not, in the way that gives the most quality to the project. You know what I mean? Which, and if I'm the editor or the engineer and I know that I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to miss, I'm going to mix this terribly. You know what I mean? I'm rather give it to that guy over there. He's going to mix it amazingly. And it, and it's turned out for you at least, and probably for anyone similar, similarly situated, a lot of that turns around. Like, yeah, you can push stuff out to absolute pros and get lucky that they are pros that you picked right and gave you awesome products in return. Even that's kind of a, you know, you got to be, you gotta feel that know what you're too. doing yeah, to do sure. that. Um, uh, even to do that, like those aren't uh, dummy decisions. And by the way, if you can't get a guy, it still inevitably would fall back on your own DIY. Boom, that's a new thing to do. Yeah. Um, so there's like uh, countless moving parts. Um, all right, I'll ask you this. Is there a part of the, like the pieces of what you do that is ever easier to like go smoothly. We know that like you've got let's consider it five moving parts to your work. Do are, none of them are easy. The probably the easiest stuff is like being in the studio and being creative. That's you your just bag. get to let go, and that's my favorite thing to do. I think probably my least favorite thing about any of this is like active like social media marketing and like looking at metrics and you know playing with demographics. I'm just not fascinated by that type of stuff. There are some people that get paid millions of dollars to manage famous rappers, Instagram pages and Facebook pages and whatever. You know what I mean? And they curate right, right. specific content, just do a whole bunch of stuff. Of course, I try my damnedest to curate my content. I want all my photos to be professional and have something pointing towards something, not just here's a picture of my plate of food. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's an artist page. You try to run it as such. But like, you know, I spend money on Instagram promotion, Facebook promotion, Google ads promotion, all sends traffic back to my YouTube <laughs> or, you know, wherever it is that happens to be happening. And to me, that's just not entertaining. Like I, I dread it. I do it consistently, but I don't I don't like sitting down looking at a laptop looking at fifteen percent of these people that searched this keyword looked at your ad versus twenty five percent of people that searched this keyword looked at your ad. It's a whole different world. It's a whole giant umbrella of bullshit that I mean, you know what I mean, that you can get yourself into and like I there are people who, once again, same type of shit. At this rate, I don't want to pay a social media team to do research on my analytics. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just watch a slew of YouTube videos, you know what I'm saying, do some good deep reading about it and understand basically what's going on, you know what I mean, and like at least start towards that direction because, you know what I mean, who's going to put wings on my back if I'm at least flapping my arms first or doing something, you know what I mean? If so this like, music right. shit gets boring for you, just throw it away, write a book about like how to crack the code of business and management and all that thing well, I mean, and, and, and you'll be a billionaire. Code. You'll be a billionaire, <laughs> Mr. White. Well, yeah, <laughs> you've got the, knowledge. Music is the most fun to me because, I mean, realistically, it started with music. It always has to end with music. You know what I mean? You can pay facebook a thousand dollars to broadcast your video from here to china and back but if you didn't enjoy the hell out of that song while you were writing it and singing it and making it you know what i mean you're not yep. going to be able to realistically sell any of that shit i believe you're yep, um i agree you're uh an awesome talent 
I, I believe that you're secretly possibly an evil mastermind. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Want to do rapid fire? I'm like, uh, what was that dude's name that had the sister named Dee Dee? Oh, Dee Dee. Oh, you're going to have to answer faster than that. Dexter. You're going to. Dexter's Laboratory. You're going to have to answer faster than that because we're about to approach <laughs> oh, yeah. rapid fire. Rapid fire. Uh, random listening uh, questions. Uh, Mr. White, what did you want to be when you were 13? Uh, Marine. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? In a studio. Biggest fear. Mm, God damn, man. Now you <laughs> fucked me up. Uh, Good answer. Did you teach yourself guitar? Yes. Uh, did you teach yourself piano? Yes. Uh, one something musical you can't seem to be good at? Trumpet. Mm. Uh, who do you admire the most? Mm, Anderson Park. Who do you want to punch in the face? Uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, favorite pickup line? Damn, baby girl, where'd you get that ass? <laughs> <laughs> favorite line from a song? Um, damn. See why? No, no, that was a no, that, that was a, no, we, no, those, we can bro. stop it. We can oh stop God, it. Um, we'll, we'll go back to rapid fire, but she's no, living in the house of pain question. and love is standing outside. Say Yellow, it again. Uh, you're living in the house of pain and love is standing outside. That's Yellow Wolf on Twisted. There it is. Yellow Excellent Wolf. answer. Right. Sorry about the, the question. No, uh, favorite line from a movie. You Whatever. Want to do something Fa- right, you have to do it yourself. Joker in the Dark Knight. Nice. Last time you cried. Um. Four days ago? Dream car slash motorcycle. Mm. Yamaha VMAX. Uh, best activity while under the influence? Music. Uh, what's the lamest thing about music right now? Um, how unintelligible it is. What's the coolest thing about music right now? How amazing it is. What trend could you never get behind? Um, baggy pants. Guilty pleasure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> Biggest regret. <laughs> Not kissing that girl in high school. What are you oh. most proud of? My desire to be healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dirty White got through 20 uh, questions of rapid I fire. I want to go back one. to like two or three. <laughs> I missed one. What'd the one miss? that I missed because I couldn't think oh, of the word because I'm too fucking high Oh, right yeah, now. that's right. I was trying to move it along. Which one was What is it? my biggest fear? Okay. Mediocrity. Oh. Yeah, I just couldn't think of the word. Bad. I said I was wanting to say minimalism, but then I was fighting with myself. I'm not. It's not fucking minimalism. It's something else. Mediocrity. Oh, Medi- glad answer. we circled Good back answer. to that one. All right. That. Um, any other edits to our rapid fire game? I'm glad we corrected I that. I don't know. I uh, what a- was there? Was one more that I wanted to say. What else did we? Piano, skip? kinda. Did I teach myself piano? Yeah, that was. A, yeah. Took for the most extent. I did take one year of like actual lessons. At, okay. Uh, I started out at this little. Okay, now this is going to be a. Oh, you're not gonna. There's some twist in this story. Okay, this is a great. This is a good one. <laughs> All right, here we go. Started out at a little house right close to where I used to live at. It was like literally five minutes down the road. Nice little country lady going to her house. She's got a little upright piano. She's giving piano. Yeah, lessons. I can mm-hmm. kind of picture yep, the yep. scene. I, my mama drops my little blonde headed ass there. I'm there for you know my hour and a half lesson or whatever hell the fuck long it is. My mama goes back home to start some laundry, all this good stuff. This is something that happened week after week, unbeknownst to my dad, who would have been very mad at my mom to find out she was spending his hard-earned money on frivolous things like piano lessons. Okay. Oh, man. So <laughs> um, that's, why, that's the only reason it only lasted a year and a half was because he inevitably did find out and threatened to divorce her over it. Jeez. Um, a lot yeah, of drama a, behind it. My dad was, yeah, my dad was a, 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 my dad was a fucking soldier, or metaphorically speaking, but anyhow. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so point being is she used to drop me off every week. Oh, it was just nice. I would go down there and have my little piano lesson. All right. 
Um, and this lady, you know, she was super nice, had a couple little kids, always used to mention, you know, my husband just thinks you're so talented. I play him some of the recordings we make of you. You know, you just sound so great. He wants to meet you. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. I was 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that was piano lessons at 11. So next week we come back. She said this a couple different times that her husband wanted to meet me for some reason. And I didn't think nothing of it. You know, I was like, whatever. Next week we go back to the lessons. The house is dark, deserted, not a piece of furniture in there. The entire place has been deserted. It's a fucking ghost town. What? No That's replies spooky. to text messages. That's pretty spooky, calls. Isn't it? Woman's just disappeared off the face of the goddamn earth. You sure it actually happened? I'd be spooked <laughs> out. Were you spooked out? What? The, I didn't know up? the difference. I just thought it was weird. I just but you're 11, still trying you don't, to get you don't the piano practice. I didn't really care for it that much. Because that's the thing. Like I've always played by ear. You you're know what I mean? So, well, it was annoying because like she would like play Mary had a little lamb, like it says here on the page. That pisses me off because I if you just tell me play Mary had a little lamb, Mary, and I'm off. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's no big deal. <laughs> um. So you know, it's always more satisfying to play by ear. As long as I know the song, I'll fucking destroy it. But don't make me pay. Mm. Anyhow, that's a side shoot of the real conversation. (laughs) The house is fucking deserted. We don't get any calls back from this lady. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Through the grapevine in our little tiny community, we end up finding out that woman's husband was a fucking pedophile. Oh, shit. And not only was he a pedophile, he worked. He was the youth pastor at the little local Baptist church. Turns out he had a laptop full of pictures of a whole bunch of kids. Oh, fuck. Some of them from that church. And it was a whole scandal. Fucking lawsuits were filed. You know know, that... the, the societal yeah, yeah, shit yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that uh-huh. comes about woman was just ashamed I guess or whatever and just disappeared off the face of the earth so it's one of those random things like so now when if you don't believe me- in God you know you just believe in like energy or benevolent force or whatever you know in my mind that is one clear big flag like you were looked out for for sure something man. you know so, what I mean was so, between you and that you know what I mean because like five or six times my husband wants to meet you think she's yeah, so talented he was, show, like, he was showing interest yeah he was and now every time for the rest of your life yeah, when we you hear Mary had a house going to see my dad. Whenever you hear yeah. Mary had a little lamb, you just like kind of cringe up a little a bunch bit. Of crying altar boys, crying altar boys in yeah. the criminal justice system. Yeah, Every time you he hears, that's a true story. Ladies and gentlemen, on record, uh, that is uh, <laughs> a weakness of Mister White. If you play Mary had a little lamb, yeah. it'll go back to that immediately story. PTSD, immediately, I lay down and shiver in the street. <laughs> and that's why we circle back to question four in Rapid Fire Game for stories like that. Holy well, shit. So that was piano practice. Well, it, I actually went to that lady only for about two months, and then that scandal happened. And oh then um, by by word of mouth, Mama asked the same original lady who recommended her as a teacher, recommend someone else to me as a teacher. You know, we still want lessons. Mm-hmm. So then I taught. Uh, I was taught by a very, very nice lady named Miss Jeannie Ulrich. Well, I'll never forget. She was, a, she was a great inspiration to me. That woman was talented. Like, she was classically talented. She didn't know how to play no, like – shine down or nothing like that right but when i tell you that like that lady could play her scales and like all, like she could alternate them mm-hmm. and she'd be playing one scale with one hand and one scale with the other hand or reverse them wow. and switch them up and she just had a command of the keyboard Complete. that i will never forget like yeah it was insane but i took lessons from her for about like a year and three months of that year and a half you know what i mean so i was only with this lady for a little bit and then that shit happened and then i went to miss genie's Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had the pleasure of going back to her little, um, she runs like a, a youth camp um, out at Lake Waccamaw, as a matter of fact, oh, right. 45 okay. minutes away. Yeah, I work, yeah, I work out there, um, actually. I had the pleasure probably close to 10 years after we you know, parted ways for the last time, and uh, my mom was just going over there randomly, and I was like, you know what? And I got in the car with her, and we went over there, and I was able to play for this lady after having played on my own by ear for like probably seven or eight years. I don't remember how long it was. but so And getting her approval after that long, like, wow, okay, this is what you did? Well, okay, all right, wow. you know what I mean? She was interested in it and was pleased about it. And I was yeah. Like, At a, um, 
at a formal uh, formative age, you were um, exposed to some a lot of people with musical chops in a pretty short amount of time. Like you know, from what like ten to eleven, you were kind of absorbing well, that was, sort yeah, of yeah. There was uh, a good bit of musical talent in the church. You know what I mean? Sure, so sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seeing a special music every single weekend, you know, at right. church, you inevitably become to terms with yourself. Like either you know, I'm I have a tendency to sing, so I'm gonna want to I want to be as good as that old lady that sings. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to walk away with musical um, chops. Isn't that the same kind of uh, uh, vein that Anderson Pack came from? He was a church drummer and yeah. singer for a long time. Quite a few well. people. David Draymond of Disturbed. Oh, really? was like part of a super, super conservative church, yeah, and he broke out and became a rock star. There's quite a few stories like that. Yeah. I feel like inevitably the way that life's pendulum swings, the farther you pull it back this way, the farther it's going to swing. You know what I mean? That's so I true. feel like people that weren't denied certain things, you know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. if you starve a kid his whole life, he might be obese because he might, you know what I mean, swing back this way. Right? Yeah, it's, maybe that's it, a it's terrible a, statement to make. No, no, no. I no, fear, it's, like, it's like trying to figure me, out yeah, where you are uh, in denial. the pendulum and what direction it's going so in. If you, like, sure. Raise a kid in a certain way and like crimp him down like this. You know what I mean? Like hold tight to him and don't let him breathe air. You know, sometimes inevitably when he does get his freedom, you know what I mean? He might just become a full blown metal star. You know what I mean? Versus just high. being okay loading his dishwasher on Wednesdays. You know what I mean? Right. He might have that fuel <laughs> under his ass. Yeah, that makes sense, Mister White. You're uh, you're an artist and a, and a man of a, not, a lot of analogies um, uh, with everything. A lot of the um, like your stories and stuff, and I feel like religion aside or whatever, um, or even church aside, I feel like all your music uh, always has a little bit of church in it. Whether that's the way it sounds, that's the way it feels. Like I feel like no matter what, you sprinkle some church in what you're doing. If anything, I've learned in this time of interviewing, I feel like Dirty White put some church in his music. I think in this in this particular in that particular statement, church yeah. could be very easily and more, probably more accurately substituted for reverence. There it is. All right, I, like I follow. I yeah, like totally. It. So it's not necessarily you know what I mean. Like, yes, exactly. I don't want to like. I'm also somebody who like is very highly like anti hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Like just be yourself. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. So like the disdain that I have for religion and the way that it makes human beings act towards each other. I would never be somebody who would appear to be reverent. I'd rather be irreverent with a religious reference in my song to let you know where I stand than to have a pseudo, like I can't be a creed and no offense to creed. You know what I mean? But like, were they Christian? Reverence they was totally were, the word that I like you, like knew that I was makes sense. Yeah. I know exactly where you're going to say from. if yeah. I said it right. The yeah, I just don't want to push exactly an agenda. That's all. I just want you to feel the gospel of church right. into it it's it's reverence like you said yeah exactly so um damn um this is kind of maybe even went longer than we anticipated and in, in in a good way um can i plug some stuff oh yeah all day let's hear it okay so you know i appreciate you guys first of all tuning in to the podcast um and secondly i just want to say i'm dropping a video that's the the next you know like projectable forecast um is for a, a song called this feeling um it just kind of talks about ironically not off the not off the path of what we were kind of previously talking about with like self-composure and like being comfortable being uncomfortable yeah um the song is called this feeling and that's the hook it says i got a problem and i gotta solve it yeah i got a problem and that's on my mama because this feeling don't mean nothing at all like feelings will will grab you by the nuts and make you do weird shit if you let us. So you got to slap mm. it with a solid solid bit of logic. You know what I mean? This yeah. feeling don't mean nothing. It's okay. It don't mean shit. 
So that's the whole song. And the verses start out, you know, I got an addiction. I'm not saying sorry till I see my homies in brand new Ferraris. I fuck with a bargain, but still probably partial to threads. You can't get it in no everyday market. You know what I'm saying? So like it's talking there about it is. being okay with yourself. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like these feelings don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like you can do Absolutely. whatever you want with that, but you have to be able to control it. So point being is shot a dope video, rented a warehouse, set off an orange smoke bomb, fucking set off the fire alarms. <laughs> we did everything but have the fucking cops called. So you did it all right. The fucking video. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I highly suggest you guys go subscribe to the YouTube Dirty F White. <laughs> um, all the social medias are exactly the same. Dirty F White, Snapchat, Facebook. I'm can't believe I got them all, but I did. I, I got did. every single platform on Dirty F White. these days, man. And, you know, you fucking uh, go follow. Go, you know, I'll drop. I'm dropping previews all the way up to when the video drops. And then it's, you know, run them numbers up. Hell yeah. Tell Gotta us what you want to play. Um, Shit, play this feeling. You might as well. That's, all right. That's more accurate. That's more accurate. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Violence. I just bust my nut until that bitch rewind it. Cause feeling no.